Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome Not back yet. to Ankle Pick Pod, episode 24. Yes, 24 already. We had our dot five episode earlier in the week. Set the spread. I came out victorious, ended as a draw. We have a full panel here today. A bunch of gorgeous faces here. Kobe, Country Club Kobe to be exact. He's my upper left. How are you doing today? Commissioner Club Kobe to you. Doing great. Love these nights. Dude, it's the best night of the week. We just get drunk for no reason. Danny, you excited? I know you got some SUG news. Yeah, I am absolutely juiced up. Not only about last week and, and the green that we made, but this card is just going to be so much fun. I know it's the last one of the year, but I am juiced. Then we got the group that makes this podcast not ugly. Parker and Hannah, welcome. Well, the face of the podcast, how are we? We're doing well. I think today's going to be a good podcast because when, if any, have I ever drank on the podcast? So Never. It's going to it's it's be, be a good night, boys. It is. Hannah brings out the good in you, and I like it. Okay, so that's the panel tonight. A bunch of good stuff going on. We're going to start with Stars of the Week, right? So, Danny, I know you seemed very eager tonight. Take it off for Stars of the Week. What's your first star? Yeah, so my first star is someone who I talked about uh, not playing last week, but someone who I said was going to have an awesome fight and it for sure delivered the legend, Cub Swanson. I mean, there aren't many people in the world, circumstances aside, who I would take in just a fist fight over Cub Swanson. I really thought Pineda was going to come in with a better game plan, maybe try and wrestle him, but he didn't, and Cub made him pay. Man, that was an awesome right cross bouncing off the fence and awesome yeah. night for Cub and Cub fans and he, everywhere. He broke Pineda earlier too. You could see it. And and that was the line was some was a dis, disservice to Cub. Cub came in at like a plus 150, which is crazy. So my first star is actually the underdog that cashed for all of our cards in Gavin Tucker. Came in at plus 160 against Billy Q. I've been on Gavin Tucker for a long time, all the way back before he lost to Rick Glenn. Happy to see him coming back and he's continued to improve. Fight in, fight out. Cardio looked good. And he, he just all around, people were worried that if it hit the scorecards, he was going to be a loser. 30-27 across the sheet. Love to see it. Way to go, Gavin Tucker. I'm excited to see what's next for him. I know one of the things I was going to bring up in the news of the week is that it's rumored he might grab Alex Caceres, which would be an interesting fight for him. Longtime vet of the UFC. Kobe, what's your first star? Part of the victorious parlay of the week, 2-0, and and part of the prelims, Fiziev in the first round knockout over Moicano. Moicano looked like he was kind of trying to take him to the mat in the second half of that round, I guess. But And, and that was probably the better strategy for Moicano, but Fiziev caught him. He caught him a couple times with some leg kicks, and he's just got the fastest legs I think I've ever seen as far as kickboxing goes, and then clocked him. Knocked him out, and then Moicano kind of gave him gave him a little bit of fight back when he was on the mat, but uh, the fight was called. He's the yeah, striking well, coach over there at Tiger Muay Thai, the likes of Valentina, Piotr Jan, most of City Kickboxing. They all get their rounds in there, and they've all trained with Rafael Fiziev. He's a he's a he's a real threat in this on the feet to anyone. No, absolutely. And I was someone who was on the wrong side of that one. I had Moicano, and I thought, actually, I was going to lie about him if it made it to the intermission round one. I felt that the momentum was slowly starting to swing in Moicano's favor. He's got that long reach, but 
holy shit. Physique I don't disagree. Man. I don't disagree with that live bet, by the way. That fight was oh, really I, contentious until he just got clocked and, you know, yeah, takes and his one. His hands were so fast. I thought he was starting to slow a little bit, and wrong I was. Fast hands, heavy hands, and phenomenal performance out of him. Uh, Parker, you actually are coming in hot with a star this week. Let's hear it. Uh, if you haven't seen the Ke- Kevin Holland fight, I would definitely check it out. I actually just rewatched it a second ago um, for the second time. The fact that he was able to knock out Souza, like when he was also on the ground, like laying on his back, is actually incredible. Like, incredible. How do you knock someone out like that? Like, you, like you don't like all your power is kind of like is depleted because you're laying on your back, and he just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get caught. You can't move no. your hips at all. You're exactly no. right. It's not a game plan that I, or it's not a game plan. I don't even think Kevin Holland saw coming, but wow, did he utilize the best? It's, it's kind of like the Conor McGregor shoulder thing, in my opinion, a little bit. It is. It's it's similar to just being a fighter, no matter where the fight is and what's going on. And that, and not only was it like a, a TKO KO, but I mean, Sosa's lights were out on that. Oh, fight. he would. He, oh, yeah, he yeah, would have yeah. died if it was just a street yeah. fight. He's dead. He's a, he's a gone. And and he knows that. And it, it took him a little while. He was wobbling on the stool for a little bit after that. So that was. <laughs> A great star, great performance out of Kevin Holland. I think, oh, he called out a uh, friend of the podcast, or going to be, hopefully, uh, Cosmo, Shmaev. That would be an interesting fight. I think he'd get absolutely rolled there. But, hey, i love to see him reach for the stars. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Danny, what's your second star this week? So, yeah, looking up, the, uh, looking up the card, my second star of the week is Charles Oliveira, who put on an absolute performance against the legend Tony Ferguson. A guy who I know everyone in the podcast besides me were on. A guy who is a fan favorite in a lot of respects. And it was sad to see him drop his second in a row. But Charles Oliveira looks like a real, real threat. A real problem for this lightweight division now that Habib's gone. He's sneaky, probably the best grappler in that division. And, I mean, we've seen that grappling can dominate this division. There's a real path for Charles Oliveira to grab that strap. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that people really underestimate is how impossibly hard that is to do to Tony Ferguson. And one thing I've seen going around the internet and is they think that Tony Ferguson is washed up rather than giving Charles Oliveira his due credit. At least what I've been seeing. There's a lot of talk about, oh, he's dropped two in a row. Oh, was he ever really that dominant? Yada, yada, yada. He always fought good on his back, whatever. But I think people need to realize how good Charles Oliveira is. I think he's just over 30, so he's hitting his prime right now. And so he's got a lot ahead of him. I'm excited to see that one. That was a great performance out of him. And probably, my guess, is going to fight for uh, the title, I'd imagine. Yeah, I I would think that with Justin saying that he needs to get another win before stepping right into a title fight, it's got to be Oliveira versus the winner of Conor Dustin or maybe Oliveira sits for a little bit and Justin fights the winner of those two and Oliveira gets his he's the only one here riding a major win streak and it's double digit at this point for him is it double digits officially I thought it was at eight you can double check that I'm not totally sure country club Kobe can be on that too I got um so so my second star this week is gonna be Tisha Torres in that women's strawweight bout now I know they're the, the big thing surrounding this fight was Cormier called out Sam Hughes for kind of folding up because she was getting worked on the feet. I don't know if you saw it during the decision, but what ended up happening was Sam Hughes, like I was bleeding like internally 
And so the optometrist was so happy that they called the fight. And there was a couple interviews with the UFC optometrist talking about how, how smart it was for the corner to call that fight out of Sam Hughes. So I guess this star doesn't only go to Tisha Torres for that amazing performance, but also to Sam Hughes' corner, because you rarely see cornermen throw in the towel, even when it's the right moment. And Sam Hughes will live to fight another fight. Tisha Torres was going to get that win most likely regardless. So I'd love to see the corner work. Tisha Torres looked great. I know she was on a little bit of a skid and that was giving her some hard, uh, some uh, mental hardship, both in and outside the octagon. So, you know, I think that when you look at that fight as a whole, two stars is deserving there. One for the corner, one for Tisha Torres. Great fight for her. And, you know, I'm looking forward to see Sam Hughes bounce back from this, however long it takes her to, to recover. She's actually still or was still in, in Las Vegas for a while. She was not allowed to fly due to the, due to the eye injury, which is interesting enough. So she was in there for four or five days after the fight, but I think well-deserving of the, the stars nonetheless. Danny, do you have a third? I do have a third. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to him before we go into this main event that we can all touch on. But my dude, Magomed Magomedov, I brought him up a couple times in this podcast. He's the only person alive who's beat Piotr Jan. And this guy is an absolute savage. He had a fight last week in Bellator, picked up the win versus Matthews Matus or Matthews Matos. Um, I knew that this guy was going to have the boxing advantage, the striking advantage. He's a dag fighter. I mean, he trains with Zabit. He's got all the stand-up credentials in the world. I did not expect him to go there and ragdoll a credentialed black belt in Matos. And Matos got absolutely ragdolled. There's no other word for it. At one point, he got spiked on his head. This was just an outmatched competition Magomed Magomedov will have the Bellator belt within the next year 2021 Magomed Magomedov is going to own this 135 division in Bellator and that that's a guarantee yeah I watched that fight as well and I actually laid the I think it was all the way up to 300 at the time 340 something like that but I laid that to win a unit that hit he was dominant and I, I know we've been talking a ton about it but he he's someone who's not only beat Piotr Jan, but someone to watch out for. Hopefully he makes a crossover to the UFC so he can get that top-of-the-line competition. I also hope that Douglas Lima eventually also makes a crossover, but we'll see. I know some guys really like that Bellator promotion and how well they treat the fighters. So my last star for, for last week is going to go to Mackenzie Dern. She was also the ankle lock of the week, which will make this a decent segment because we have another one coming in this week. Don't think we leave you hanging. Um, but Mackenzie Dern took Yanaroba to decision. That one was a tough decision too. It was a sweat because I had three or four units on it, three units, I believe. So I was really nervous when it was going into the decision. I knew Mackenzie dropped that second round. I wasn't sure how she'd bounce back after that broken nose, which you got to love the cornerman lying right to her face. You got to love it. She goes, my nose broken. He just goes, nope, your nose is fine. Let's, let's, let's continue to drop a game plan. She came out, didn't let it affect her. And you know, it's not exactly how I thought the fight would go. There was a lot less grappling than I thought. But all in all, I think Mackenzie Dern is slowly starting to get her feet up, feet under her. And I'm excited to see where she goes from here. I really am. I, I like her a lot. Um, so that's it for me on Stars of the Week. Dan, do you have another one or are you also done? So it's not so much a Star of the Week of mine, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the main event. A candidate for Fight of the Year for sure. Um, an unbelievable fight. 
show so much heart between both guys ends in a majority draw. I'm, in my opinions, I or in my opinion, I really didn't think it was right of Herzog to take the point so quick without a warning for an inadvertent strike. I thought that was Davis. It should be Davison's first title defense. Should be a victory for him. But um, I'm glad he didn't lose the belt off some kind of bullshit like that. Wait, so that doesn't count as a title defense, even though he retains the belt? Right. Do they just refight or what? They're going to, I think they're going to though, but no. It, it, I, are you sure it's not a title defense, Dan? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it should be counted as a title defense. If he's I'm not, almost 100 percent sure it's not a title. Well, defense. I haven't seen I haven't seen one of those all the way back since I believe it was like Woodley Wonderboy who we're seeing this week. Like there was a draw for a title, but it's it's really rare. It doesn't happen often. the The one thing I wanted to add is it's actually interesting because I actually was thinking that Herzog was was actually in the right taking the point. And the reason why wasn't because it was his first offense, because obviously that's rare, but it was the severity of which the strike impacted him. I, I mean, it was it was literally a soccer punt to the fucking giblets. I mean, that's I mean, he was he almost puked. He was coughing up. I mean, if it even impacted his endurance at all or anything, I, I think he, he almost was forced to take a point there. But I'm glad it ended in a draw because that's how I really saw that fight. I mean, that fight – I mean, Figgy obviously won the fifth. He obviously won the first, but – Figueredo, I feel like he got caught with his hands down way more often than I would think that somebody who's a belt holder. Am I crazy or what? No, I, I think Moreno's stand-up's great. I don't think you're crazy at all for that. I, 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 his cardio, though, held up much better than I thought it would. Kobe, I mean, you're not crazy at all, Kobe. Moreno's boxing was awesome. His combos were landing flush. There's a couple of gifts going around Twitter in slow motion of that head body action. It was Moreno definitely showed out. Um, I, I mean, I, in my opinion, I just think that the point shouldn't have been taken without a warning. That was really no, Moreno, it, it was just the severity for me. I agree with you, Danny, 99.99% of the time. That was just maybe the flushest kick to the giblets I've ever seen. And Moreno, no, Moreno's always been a top-notch stand-up guy. What, what really I took away from that fight was his ability to take Figgy to the ground. I mean, multiple times mm-hmm. with outside trips or judo throws or what, however he really wanted to, it seemed like he was able to take him out, uh, take him down almost at will. So uh, great performance, and I really want them to run that one back. So, Danny, this is when we start talking about ankle lock. So our ankle lock last week was Mackenzie Dern. That brought us to 7-2 and two or 8-7-2. Seven and two, God, we're flying. So if you're if you were betting just the ankle locks, you'd have a lot of green cheddar for these Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa holidays, whatever you want to call it. So the ankle lock is when Danny and I get together, use our our brains and, and come up with one. And we have another one this week, as always, not surprisingly. So this one, the line's a little bit steeper, but I just I'm really I truly am that confident in this one, and it is. None other than Anthony Showtime Pettis. He's coming in right now at minus 230. He opened at 195. I lay it at 230. I lay it all the way up to 250. I might even go higher than that, to be honest with you. The thing is, I, we love Alex Morono here. We all know that. We've talked about it multiple times. This is Anthony Pettis' last fight on his, on his contract. Might not sign with the UFC again. There's a lot of talks about it. And I just think this is a massive step up for Morono. And I think that Anthony Showtime's Pettis' skill set after taping over and over and over again, I really don't see a path to victory for Morono. And it's fine. Morono has his own place in the UFC, seven and three all time. He's always a guy who can fill the prelims without a problem. But 
I, I don't see how he gets gets through Anthony Pettis. I really don't. Unless Anthony Pettis somehow manages to, to give him the fight, which his fight IQ and his longevity in the UFC makes me think that that probably won't happen. Uh, I mean, we can get into a little bit more as we break down the fights in a little bit, but I don't really have to say much. Everyone knows who Anthony Showtime Pettis is. Uh, he was on the cover of a Wheaties box. I mean, he's he, he's, he was a champ. He's WEC champ. UFC champ, he's got all the accolades, he's got the Showtime kick, he's got that Superman punch over Wonderboy. I mean, he's got, honestly, more subs than knockouts on his record, which is really cool. He's got great jujitsu. I, yeah. I, I, see where you're, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, come uh, time to place our official plays, go follow us at AnklePickPod on Twitter because – that definitely will be a fatty there, three units, four units, potentially even five units. I'm feeling frisky come Saturday. So that carries us into news and notes, I believe. And I know a couple of us got a couple of things to say. Dan, you were excited about a couple of news stories here. Kick it off. Yeah, I'll kick it off with just a fight that was booked uh, over last week. Um, Islam Makachev finally is getting going to see some action against Drew Dober, who's an awesome prospect out of Elevation. This will be a really interesting stylistic matchup as you get kind of like a Dagestani wrestler against a uh, Trevor Whitman footwork and striker. And I'm just really excited about it. Yeah, I reasonably so too. I love Drew Dober. He's someone who kind of bursted on the scene and he's got, he's got a couple good wins on his record too. I don't know if you have it up right in front of you, but there's constantly where he was not only a dog, but he's really surprised me with his ability to perform inside the octagon so that one's a great my i have a couple news stories but one of the big ones was a potential and and by potential i mean 90 percent from one of their one of their mouths from romero's mouth 90 percent that yoel romero fights anthony johnson in bellator both signed to the light heavyweight slash heavyweights over in bellator both big 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 time signings for bellator Yoel Romero most recently reached, I think last week, our news and notes was that he was cut this week. It said he's now signed with Bellator. There's a lot, a lot of talk right now that the Bellator 205 division is actually better than the UFC's. And, and I, I full heartedly could see that. You got, I mean, you've got your Corey Anderson, your Ryan Bader's, your Yoel's, your Rumbles, your, it's a, it's a, as deep of a division as UFC has had in competition. And some, some high-level prospect, Russian guy, took out Ryan Bader for, yes, for the title most recently. And so there's a lot in that division. And, and as I've talked about with Shiner before, that the light heavyweight division in the UFC is one of the weakest. So I, I love this Bellator division. I love what Coker's doing with this Scott Coker's doing with Bellator as a whole. I mean, he's really adding the people left and right, even Magomed Magomedov, Anthony Johnson, Yo Romero. So, so he's really starting to make it a promotion that I'm excited to tune in for week in and week out. Anyways, I guess props to Scott Coker, and I really hope that fight happens. I, I, the minute I saw that headline, I think the exact word was that Yo Romero is 90% confident that'll be his first fight. That's a fight that I tune in for, pay-per-view or not. No matter what, I'm watching. I pay money for that for sure. Dan, do you have any more? Yeah, uh, this is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, this Sunday, 5 p.m. I know all of us and our, and our listeners 
we got UFC Pipe Pass and uh, Submission Underground 19, which will probably be one of the last combat sports events of the years going down this Sunday at 5. Star-studded lineup. You've got Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Rafael Dos Anos. You've got Rumble Johnson versus Ryan Bader. That'll answer a lot of the questions that we just posed in the 205 division, at least from a grappling perspective. Then you've got Kevin Casey, Gabriel Checo, who are two Submission Underground veterans. Brent Primus versus Craig Jones, who's my personal favorite grappler of all time. UFC's Felicia Spencer versus 10th Planet Black Belt Amanda Lowen. And finally, Mason Fowler, Fowler, the newest Submission Underground champion, will defend his belt against uh, Satoshi Ishii. And that'll be an awesome, awesome match. I know what I'll be doing on Sunday, and it's turning the football off so I can watch some submission grappling. I was about to say, goodbye football, hello SUG. That's great. I, I only have one more, not a crazy news cycle this week for MMA news, at least. I mean, I've been scouring a lot recently. And this isn't even MMA news. Kind of is. Mark Hunt lost a boxing match this week. Do you see that? To, I, I uh, heard that he was fighting at like 4 a.m., but I didn't Yeah, so really... it was in Sydney, Australia. He fought a guy named Paul Gallen, and he's an ex-Sydney rugby guy. And he gets in a boxing match with, with Mark Hunt and beats him. And so I, I don't know what Mark Hunt's doing these days. I Apparently losing boxing matches to amateurs, that's fine. Uh, but the, the funny thing, Paul Gallen goes ahead. That was at heavyweight, I believe. Goes out and calls out uh, Bob Whitaker. And so, wow. I mean, obviously, Bob Whitaker's never going to. noise down under. Yeah, Robert Whitaker's not going to take that. But uh, I know all I see is memes about how New Zealand and Australia are COVID-free. But apparently, they're not Mark Hunt and terrible boxing matches free. So, a lot of shit going down in Sydney. Last thing for news and notes, we can't claim to be on MMA Twitter without mentioning his name, unfortunately. But I want to mention his name in the sense that we won't, we don't want to waste our time talking about him. Jake Paul's made waves, and that ain't about us. Fuck Jake Paul. Fuck Jake Paul, but we're not going to waste our time wasting our time on him. No, it's a mockery of the sport. Absolute yep. mockery of the sport. I will not entertain it any longer. So I actually heard Logan has some good chain wrestling. I've watched a couple of videos. He's got some pretty good uh, transitions on the ground with those takedowns. It's all the but, same person to me. Yeah, I agree. I was about to say the same thing. I was about to say the same thing. Welcome back after the short break. One thing is stay tuned till the end of the pod or fast forward if you're getting bored and sick of hearing our voices. We have some early picks in. Again, we've been doing this the last couple of weeks, and it continues. The taping Those going, early picks have worked. They have. And, and, and the taping, people think that during the week we just muck around like total fucking Tobies, but we don't. We're hitting the film hard. We're trying to get you guys winning picks all week. So that'll be at the end of the pod. I know Kobe's got his parlay of the week, which, by the way, is 2-0 since he's taken over. And then we also have been red hot there. So stay tuned for that. And if you at home want to try your hand at taping, I recommend starting with the Piotr Jan-Jose Aldo fight. That one's a classic. Late stoppage, we all agree. So irregardless – of that, I know that we're going to start off with the pronunciation of the week. And I know Parker's ready. He's got a grin on his face. So usually we do one, maybe two. This card is loaded with names that literally no one, even hardcores, know how to pronounce. So, Kobe, you're up. Take the floor. Just tap me back in whenever you're ready. 
little pro tech of the week, little pronouns of the week, pronunciation of the week. Who little is fighting of the week? Jamie Pickett Park? Uh, if I say anything, I shouldn't. Uh, I just want to apologize. Tafan. Nickachuik. Tafan the Don Chuckwee. That N is silent, my boy. Chuckwee. Okay. Keep them coming. I know there's more. Fighting there's more. in the second pronoun pronunciation tech of the week, Bod. Draco Rodriguez is fighting. Okay. I see it now. Amimin. Zahabi, the last name I didn't think I got. You nailed the last name, Aleman Zahabi. And third pronunciation. Medulla Blingata. Pronoun. Medulla Blingata. Carl Roberson is fighting. Medulla Blingata. Dal, Dalak. Lungambugala. Dalak Lumbangula. I have it. Dalcha Lunjambula. Dalcha Lunjambula. The toughest part of this segment is that it exposes me too. Like it, I try to. <laughs> no, it exposes you because it exposes like <laughs> when we when we get into the fights, you're just like you struggle. No, I have a tenuous grasp on the English language. No one's disputed that. It's my fight knowledge that has me on this bad boy. I'm not going to lie. I pull a John Anik. I, I pull up tape and I make sure that I've, I've heard the name is pronounced by the Protech person. by. Well, I don't want to ruin it for the, for our fans here. Like, I just can't just be studying it. Otherwise, it's not fun. No, like, you can't. I just figure someone has to know. Someone has to know, and that is Danny. That's Danny's. Okay, so massive week for Pronunciation of the Week. Absolute fun segment. That carries us in. We got ankle lock covered. Rewind if you missed it. We now have pronunciation of the week. And now we're going into prelims. So this card is stacked top, top to bottom, without a doubt. This is, for those who are wondering, this is the last UFC card of the year. Main event is Steven Thompson versus Jeff Neal. The prelims are going to start at 3 p.m. this Saturday. So this is an early one. I think it's just the how many fights there are. So we're going to go really quick through the prelims and then eventually get to the main event challenge. So starting off, we have a flyweight bout. Jimmy Fleck recently appeared on Tuesday Night Contender Series, and he's fighting a guy named Cody Durden, who a lot of people like to call a COVID fighter, COVID replacement. I think he was recently scheduled and got scratched. Great wrestler he is. Um, Jimmy Flick is minus 150. Cody Durden plus 130. Line has not moved much. Dan, thoughts on this guy? Yeah, Jimmy Flick is a guy I'm super high on. He's one of my favorite prospects in this division. This That's exact fight was actually booked and canceled two weeks ago. And so the interesting thing that I have note is just kind of what effects or what lasting effects can there be of them having to make weight twice in two weeks? I know we saw Tony Ferguson make weight twice in two weeks versus Justin Gaethje and look like a shell of himself. Um, but th- this one could really be weird, especially for Durden, who's moving down in weight for the first time. Flick is a submission ace. He's super slick. I see him getting the sub here. I, I honestly think that Durden might not even try to wrestle him, even though that's his, like, majority of his skill set. Flick by sub is at plus 125. I think that that's good for a sprinkle, and I'm probably actually going to play Flick at minus 150. I, I really like Jimmy Flick here. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we didn't see much of Flick, but I'm excited to see what he does when he finally steps up to the big show. I believe both these guys have recently had fights canceled, and it might even be the same fight. They might have been scheduled to they fight. They were fighting it each other. It was two weeks Yeah, ago. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and they I'm both excited to finally see this Durden one. got yeah. pink eye the, on Saturday. Is that what did yeah. it? Wow, that's crazy. Durden got Durden's pink eye on Saturday, and so they both had made weight and rehydrated, and that's why I think the cut is going to be pretty weird two weeks later. I'm sure it'll be all right, though, because usually we saw it with Figgy this most recent week. So next up, we have a middleweight bout. And again, I might as well be exposed for pronunciation of the week. And you're about to aware that I didn't listen. But we have Taffin Chukwi versus Jamie Pickett. 4-0 versus 11-4. That line currently sits at Chukwi minus 290. Pickett plus 245. Big, big line there. Dan, I... You Tate, I'm dying to hear this one. Yeah, um, Chukwe is he's a great prospect. He's going to be a lot heavy, a lot more heavy-handed. He's got cool kicks. He's got good kickboxing. He should get this done. It's probably a no bet for me. I might throw it into a parlay, but honestly, I don't feel even super comfortable about that. Um, the reason being is because he is coming down. Or not, he's fought at 185 before, but he's a former 205er. And at 185, kind of last time I saw him, he looked a little bit slow. I think that these natural 185ers are going to be faster. And I think Pickett's going to have a speed advantage. But I do think that Chuck Wee's going to get him out of there. One thing quick of note, do not let the lack of experience for Chuck Wee deter you. Because under his, he's 4-0 currently, but under that 4-0 record, he not only has a win in the contender series with a quick round two knockout, but he also has a win over William Knight by KOTKO, who recently notched a great UFC victory. I believe I actually faded him there too against, uh, who was it? Oh, Kamur, Alexa Kamur. So again, William Knight's a guy who's been battle-tested in the UFC, another contender series guy. So don't let the lack of experience deter you on that one, but the line is a little steep. Continuing up the card, we have Bantamweight fight against Ayman Zahabi versus Dra- Draco Rodriguez. And again, Draco Rodriguez, another contender series guy. This show has proven time and time again to produce a lot of guys who are capable of fighting here in the UFC. Draco Rodriguez is minus 190. Zahabi is plus 165. This one is going to be really fun. Uh, Zahabi is the little brother of Faraz Zahabi, who's the famous TriStar head coach, head coach of GSP, one of the brightest minds in the sport. He will definitely be in Zahabi's corner. Um, that being said, Zahabi has dropped his last two UFC fights, and Draco is no slouch with his only loss, amateur or pro, being to Tony Gravely, someone who is a fucking grinder, someone who is not an easy guy to get by by any means. And he even went phenomenal wrestling. Tony Gray's phenomenal Gray's wrestling. Um, I don't think this is a good matchup for Zahabi. I, I see Draco getting it done. Um, but this is also one I think I'm going to pass on, on betting just because of the kind of the level of fight IQ that's in the Zahabi corner for us. Is Dan, if you fight. have it in your, if you have it in your notes, what, what promotion do you fight gravely in? That wasn't on the contender series, was it? No, I think it was um, King of the Cage. King of the Cage. Okay, they're pretty good. I 2018 think, King of the Cage fight. They don't have an event this week, but it, that is a that is a decent promotion for me. So moving along the card, so that's actually an interesting one. For Sahabi, again, like Dan touched on, one of the better minds in the in the sport. Dan, I hope you know the answer to this one because this is a catchweight bout. 
And so I imagine it's somewhere between in the range of 185, whether so, it's probably heavier, maybe 200. But it's yeah, Deron so Wynn versus Antonio Arroyo. You're, you're all over it. It's 195 catch weight. 195 catch um, weight. And then the line on this one, quick, Dan, Antonio Arroyo is minus 155. Darren Wynn is plus 135. Again, another one that had very little line movement as of, as of recent, just in totality. I think it opened at minus like 140. So not a lot going on there. This one is an interesting one for me. Any listener knows that I, I like my grapplers. And if in a stylistic matchup of a grappler versus striker, a striker, I usually lean towards the grapplers. This is not the case here. Dron Wynn was kind of slated as the the mini DC, the mini Daniel Cormier, but he's really just a fat dude with pretty good wrestling. <laughs> um, he's five, what is it? Five, six. He's all of five, six, weighing in at this 195 pound catch weight. Comparatively, you've got Ahoyo at six, three over there. I think Ahoyo is going to have the gas tank on him. I think Ahoyo is going to have the footwork. The striking, I mean, I, the only, I mean, this the way I see this is if you're on either side, you're going to be sw- like, if you're on a Royal, every time that they're grappling, you're going to be sweating. If you're on win, every time that they're striking, you're going to be sweating. I just think that physically, Duran Win is not a high level athlete. He's a good wrestler. He's a great wrestler, maybe even. But Antonio Hoyo is no slouch when he's, with his takedown defense. I see him just piecing Darren Wynn apart and that line's small so that's a possible ride for you I'm sure we'll see it on your card come this weekend as far as betting goes and I won't be far behind next up is a middleweight bout Carl Roberson we see him quite a bit Uh, I I don't know if he's been super active this year but I know um, he's definitely a guy who's been in the UFC for quite a bit and then he's fighting Parker's shockingly spot-on pronunciation of Dolce Lungambula um and that line i i believe is also decently close no it's not carl roberson's minus 255 here a lot a lot higher than i thought lugan bula's plus 215 again this is another one that that hasn't seen a ton of live line movement only 10 points since open danny you got notes on that one too a little bit yeah this is this is definitely not an official play yet it's something i'm going to look into a little bit more on the weekend but I kind of think Lunjimbula is a live dog here. Um, what I've seen from Roberson has been minimal and pretty unimpressive as of recently. Um, and Lunjimbula put on a pretty good fight with Ankalaev in his last. Um, no, he did. He's bout. someone who's been on my on my watch list. He, he got knocked out, but he did go what like twelve minutes with him. Who's a guy who's one of the most high level strikers. In this division, Good I think there's a, this, this number is pretty big, and there's a live dog opportunity here. Yeah, and I always – people usually knack on that experience, but I personally always love seeing guys get battle-tested against top-level guys. You could learn so much more from that than you ever can in training. And so I, I like to see that there as well. So moving along on this prelim card – we have a women's bantamweight fight, and I wouldn't be surprised if Danny actually passed on this one. We have Sajara Eubanks, 7-5, and five against Payne Kaizad. She must be making her UFC debut. That does not seem too familiar to me. Sajara Eubanks is minus 155, but again, she's not necessarily the strength of the division. Um, Kaizad is plus 135. 
I don't know if you have notes on that one, Dan. I've got notes, but you're right. This is definitely a pass. Um, this is not something yeah. I see even looking at again after this recording. I'm not going to further tape this. Definitely not going to bet it. Um, the way I for see the it, record, for the record, and this is bad for me, but she's actually has a good amount of UFC experience. Three fights now. One against uh, Betch Cohea. She won that bout via unanimous decision. One against Jessica, Jessica Rose, Rose Clark. Clark. Yep, won that via unanimous decision. And then a loss to Julia I- uh, Avila. So she actually has a couple UFC experiences. I'm, I'm a, I, you know I haven't missed a card since 2002, so I'm a little shocked that I missed that name there. But um, No, so the, my, so the notes I have, uh, and take it with a grain of salt, we know my reputation with women's MMA. Um, I do think that Sajara wins this if it goes to the mat. I think she does it pretty easily. Um, she's going to have a size advantage, but I don't think she'll do well on the feed here. It's definitely not something I'm going to play, but I see my mystic Mac sense says that Sajara wrestles her. It's a boring fight and gets the decision. Yeah. I mean, that's, I hate to admit it, but that that's a lot uh, how a lot of these fights go. The over two and a half might sneak on one of our cards. So this one recently got moved from the main event or I'm not main event, main card, but now it's going to cap off our prelims. Then we can get into the good old main event challenge, which we know none of you are here to tune in for, but we do it anyways to continue it on. And next year we have a great surprise for you guys. We're going to mix it up as far as main event challenge goes. This is the final main event challenge though, but we'll get into that in a second. So capping off the prelims, we have a welterweight bout against Anthony Showtime Pennis, who, as we discussed, is the ankle lock of the week against a guy who we love on this podcast here, Alex Morono. Dan, I'll give it to you first, then I'll anchor it off before we transition to the main card. What, what do you see in this guy? I know we had the ink a lock here, so I'd love to hear some analysis on your end. Well, I'll start with Alex. He's coming off, who's coming out of a gym that we mention a lot on this podcast, Bordis MMA in Dallas, Texas. I know I've gone a lot of different ways of, Loving Fortis, fading Fortis. And then most recently, their head coach, Saeed Saud, liked one of my tweets. And I'm back in <laughs> on Fortis. But I'm not riding Alex Morono here. Um, I think Pettis is just too much for him. Pettis has a really bad record as of late. I think he's like something like 6-8 and eight in his last 14. But obviously, something that Reese and I talk about a lot, the experience, if you look a lot closer at that record, it's absolute killers on the list. It's Holloway, Poirier, Ferguson, Diaz, um, Eddie Alvarez, Barbosa, RDA. It's, it's, there's not a bad name on the list. It's just I do a different think caliber. It's exactly. a different caliber here. Yeah, and I, I was actually – I took Pettis at a, at a big dog against Ferguson. I saw value there. And it looked great until he broke his hand and they threw in the towel in the corner, which again, I, I respect when cornermen do that because and it's even more in the important. Diaz fight, if he hadn't broke his foot, he would have been absolutely so much more. Yeah, Pettis absolutely. is the lately, Pettis is for me a big time kind of coulda, shoulda, woulda guy, but he's all of no, the tools, sure. all of the skills to just annihilate Morono here. For sure. But when I look at this bout and I see a line uh, sitting at 230. As much as I love Morono, as much as I respect respect Morono, this is a different tier of fighting here. It's Morono coming up. The guy was on a Wheaties box. Right. I mean, that's all that needs to be said. Granted, that was fucking six years ago, but I like Pettis here a lot. I think that he has the tools to win really anywhere. And, again, love Morono too. He's a 
great guy in and outside the octagon, but I just think Pettis is going to get this one done. So fin- that's finishing off the prelims here. It starts again at 3 p.m. Central time. So definitely tune in on this one. This one's a fat card. Love every bit of it. So our main event challenge this week is going to be six fights long. And this is the last hurrah in this bad boy. So this is for all the marbles here. Shiner's going to submit his picks late as usual. I know that Parker, even though starting in last, has recently passed me, which is a fucking terrible look. And so with that, I'll give it over to Kobe to go through the records and then also the order going into tonight. We're going to do via standing. So go ahead, Kobe. Yeah, going into the last week of the main event challenge. You know, this is – it's a game we're playing. I don't know if anybody's thrilled about it, but it's the game we're playing and we're all good sports, so we're going to go abide by the rules of the game. We've got a dogfight the back half of this bracket here. So first with 179 myself, second 152 DK, 151 Shiner, 150 Parker, and 146 Reese. So Reese is bringing it up the rear. I'm back. But just barely back there. And with six fights on this main card this week and none of them being favored more than minus 150, we've got a lot of room to make up. So this will be a fun one. I agree. I couldn't, I, I could not say it any better myself. So the way we're going to do this order to hopefully give me a, a shooting prayer, we're going to go in order of standings. So with that being said, it's going to go, I believe Kobe, Danny Parker, myself in picking the main event challenge. I, we don't totally have a finite punishment in place, but we know Malort will be involved if you've been tuned for any episodes. So again, follow us on Twitter. You will definitely get clips of the punishment there of just absolute misery. But let's start this bad boy off. This is a great card to do it. Kobe gets to take advantage of all my breakdowns. Right. That's huge. I need it. You know I follow you. I I follow him like a fucking follower in high school. We didn't have any friends. (laughs) If that's you, I apologize. So follow him like a follower. Okay, there you go. Kobe, start it off. I'll start off by introducing the fight, and then you can make your pick and so on and so forth. The first fight on the main card is going to be Marcin Tibera versus Greg Hardy. That was one that, again, if you listen to the point five episode, you're all too familiar with all these lines. If not, I'll reiterate them, but this is as of Wednesday, late at night. Greg Hardy's minus 120, Marcin Tibera plus 100. Kobe, where are you, and by, by what method? Man... Give me a chance to bet against Greg Hardy. I'm going to take it, I guess. Marcin Tibera, and I'm actually going by decision here. I just don't see – obviously, either of these guys could get knocked out, but I just don't think it happens. I'll take Tibera decision. So I've got a whole interesting take on this fight. Obviously, I don't hide it. I'm, I dislike Greg Hardy. As Kobe said, I take every opportunity to pick against him. I do think that this is kind of – um, where the rubber meets the road for him. I think Ty Burr is kind of the top level guy that he's going to have a super decent chance against. I don't think that he, he gets anyone ranked above him. I taping his last fight as much as he overpowered Maurice green, he looked a little one dimensional to me looking for that overhand, right? Um, not to mention that he almost missed the, 266 and a half pound cap for heavyweight he would have been the first to ever do that searching for that overhand right won't work against someone who's as technically sound as Ty Burra 
Tapura's kind of he's got long limbs and he's got some pretty sneaky chokes. I'm gonna go with the nice, a nice interesting pick here. I see Tybura pushing him up against the fence, getting a nice head and arm choke against the cage, and Tybura or and Hardy not knowing what to do. I'm gonna go Tybura by sub. You'll see it on my card sprinkled. It'll be less than a unit, but it's sitting at plus seven hundred. And I, for some reason, I just see this happening. I am gonna wait. I'm actually last. Go ahead, Parker. I'm gonna go Hardy by KO. Dang it. I too am gonna go Hardy by KOTKL. I thought I could pick up some points there. I'm not gonna be able to. That's tough. But I think Hardy, tra- I mean, he's literally sleeping at ATT for those who don't know. And he's a guy who ex NFL players made strides in grappling. I, I understand that he's not gonna be able to get the MMA IQ down and the grappling ability and all that stuff that Mar- Marcin Tibera has from his lifetime of training. However, I think that. Hardy's just a big enough freak of an athlete and works hard enough that I think he'll still be able to edge out a, a low to middle class guy like like Tibera. All right, Kobe. Next one on the card, we have Jillian Roberson versus Talia Santos, and that line is Jillian Roberson. Oh, minus one ten each way on the button, so there's no edge here. Take it Ooh, off. I'm gonna go Jillian Robertson decision. So Jillian Robertson, I think I was looking. She has the most submissions in women's MMA. If not, it's the most in her division. She should be able to out-wrestle her and dominate her on the ground here. Tyla out-wrestling a British boxer and meatball Molly doesn't really display grappling prowess to me. It's kind of just like a no-go. I'm going Robertson by sub. I like that. I'm going to go Santos by decision. This put me in a spot. (laughs) It put me in a spot because Parker's the one I can most likely catch. But if I continue on the I know, but if I continue on the the trend of fading the other two, I can also catch Danny. I'm just going to pick with my gut here, I guess, because I, I, I imagine that's, I mean, this one's going to decision. It's it's more of a matter of who. I, I think I'm going to take Santos by decision, I guess. I, I just think she – that's against my better instinct, but full send. I guess I'll try to catch it. Worst case scenario, Parker loses points to it, and I'll make it up later. This is, this is going to start coming down to all strategy. We got four fights left on this, what seemingly should be a pay-per-view card with all these fights. Next one up is a bantamweight fight against Marlon Marais and the one and only Bob Font. Kobe, pick it off. Kick it off. Pick it off, kick it off. Kick off, kick off. Marlon Marais decision for me. <coughs> Pussy. <coughs> Pussy. Go ahead, Danny. So this is a weird fight for me just because Font has absolutely everything to gain and Marlon has absolutely everything to lose. Um, and one's the goat and the other one's a fucking thumb font new england cartel coming off of an acl tear for me coming off an acl tear this is a little bit of a bad first matchup for him with the quickness of marlon marias um and he also use, utilizes his leg kick so well i've had questions about his gas tank in the past but that's kind of out the window now that there's a three-round fight instead of a five-round fight i don't care about Rob Font's length. I'm going Marlon by decision with Kobe. 
I'm also going to follow that train. This is actually awesome because I was on Bobby Font the whole way. I know if you listen to the point five episode, you know I'm on Bobby Font the whole way. I want to do Bob Font by KO. Instead, I'm going to go by decision. I think he's going to use the length and his fight IQ to fucking piece Marlon apart on the feet. He's a phenomenal boxer. His stand-up is second to none in this bantamweight division, in my opinion. I know that's a tough take. Yoder, are you serious? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's up there. He's a top three, but he's better than Marlon. So, Bob Font, by decision. Moving along, we have Michelle Pereira versus Chaos Kalen Williams, who's coming in with a lot of momentum. That line sits at Michelle Pereira, minus 130. Chaos Williams, plus 110, but that is steamed down and opened at Pereira minus 150. So Kobe started off. Sharp seemed to be on chaos, but the favorite's still Pereira. I like this card. You, you're not going to be able to cheat as much as you usually can. Go ahead. Winning is cheating, apparently. Give me <laughs> Michelle still. And I know y'all both, y'all as in DK and RP, like the under one and a half. That's sitting at somewhere between what we got Somewhere between even money and plus 110 right now. I'm going to go Michelle Pereira, Pereira by sub. But I really like that under. Go ahead. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier to the guys that this was the only fight I hadn't picked the winner yet. I picked my method, but not the winner. Um, I'm on by KO, TKO. I think it's going to be a flush KO. The advice to the listener really is just bet on the dog on fight day. This line's moving. All these guys, one of these guys is going to get knocked out. Whoever's the dog, bet him on fight day. I think that Michelle's got the probably more technical kickboxing background, but he's also not really in there to try and win. He's trying to put on a show to do some cool moves to like showcase something or another. Chaos has some stank on his punches, bites on his mouthpiece and kind of just throws we haven't seen too much of him, though, because of that. Because of that power, it's hard to tape for the guy like that, and it's easier to see. It's easier to pick Michelle, but I'm going to go chaos. I'm going to go KO, TKO. Why not? I, I like that reasoning. Parker? Uh, Michelle, KO. So, Kobe, were, were you on Michelle? I sub. I sub. Ooh, I like that. I think this is going to end in a striking battle. I, I, I just – I know Pereira c- can sub him. I just don't think he wants to sub him. I think he wants to do some sort of flash knockout type thing. I'm going to go Chaos Williams by KOTKO. I mean, I don't feel great about that one, but I think that's probably going to be a no bet for me come the cards, but so be it. Next up, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have the GOAT featherweight, in my opinion – Fighting at bantamweight, Jose Aldo against Marlon Chico Vera, coming off a win against Sugar, Sean O'Malley. And this line is, again, very close. Uh, Jose Aldo minus 145, Chico Vera plus 125. Kobe, start us off. A little preview to my parlay of the week, but I'm taking Aldo here, and I'm going to take him by decision. So to continue my trend, I think I'm on – how, how many main events have, or main event fights have we gone through? Four? Four. This is the fifth. I think I'm on three of four underdogs so far. And I'm going to continue that trend. I'm on Cheeto Vera here by decision. 
Aldo took a ton, a ton, a ton of damage fighting Piotr. I don't think 35 is a great home for him. As Reese said, he's the greatest 145er of all time. There's really no debate of that. But at 135, he looks a little timid, a little bit less willing to initiate exchanges. His speed isn't so much what it used to be. Um, and Cheeto is great at using his length, using his long legs, his long arms, fight. Like, Cheeto is going to catch him every time Aldo tries to enter, and that's going to frustrate Aldo. It's going to be something that he is not used to dealing with. Um, this, as, as much as Cheeto had that um, TKO leg kick injury, whatever, on Sean O'Malley, I'm not really putting a lot of weight into that because I saw that as a freak accident more than a unbelievable like injury provoking one kick, whatever. I do think this is going to be Cheeto's coming out party. I see this as a full performance and he's going to be awesome. Aldo's going to get clipped every time he enters. It's going to be Cheeto Vera by decision. I'm also going to go Cheeto Vera by decision. I took him against O'Malley. I'm going to ride with him again. I love Cheeto Vera. I just think Aldo's IQ and experience is going to lead this one. I'm going to take Aldo by decision. Finishing off this amazing main card, we have none other than Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against G-Off, Jeff Neal, 15-4-1, and 13-2. The line currently sits at Jeff Neal, minus 120, Stephen Thompson, plus 100, but it's been Whoa, Steven Thompson opened at minus 170, as I'm seeing over on five dimes as my reference. Now it's a lot closer to even, actually, Jeff Neal being the favorite. Kobe, kick it off. I'm on Thompson. I'm on Thompson by decision. And uh, it feels rough making a decision pick in a five-round bout. But if there's anybody that's going to do it, it could be Thompson that could take it five. So I'm, that's where I'm at. This is a fun one. Um, for longtime fans of the sport, Wonder Boy has always kind of been the guy who has the best striking in the sport, maybe. It's definitely the most unique striking in the sport with that karate side stance and the way he switches and throws his kicks. I'm also going to be on Wonder Boy here. I think he showed a lot of toughness in the Vicente Luque fight. He proved to me that his chin isn't, isn't gone. He still wants to be there. He still is a fighter. He still believes that he can be at the top level. Um, I'm actually going to go by knockout. I think he he lands one of those kicks, switch stance, and uh, Jeff Neal just doesn't get his hand up fast enough to answer the phone, and it's just hits him right right around the back of the head. I'm going to go with Kobe and Thompson by decision. Fuck me. I will be betting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Don't you sleep on that for a millisecond. But I have to go all in on this main event challenge. I'm going G off Jeff Neal. I'm going to do it by KOTKO. I think maybe he could utilize his wrestling, but that's all bullshit. I think Stephen Thompson's going to pick him up on the feet, but on the off chance that G off Neal gets it done, I'll take him trying to pick up a few points here. G off Neal by decision. Reese Paul. No, by KOTKO. Sorry. Four to seven May backer can we <laughs> no, get that in a bumper sticker after alonzo manningfield i'm done with fortis jesus christ that man's you know that feeling so when, you, when you're in like fantasy football draft and you take the person like you're on you're like facetiming them and you take the person that the other person wanted that's yeah. kind of how i feel against reese 
right now. That's perfect. I, I didn't know I wanted Wonderboy. You grab him. I just have to, per the game, take G off Jeff Neal. I, I, I mean, I think that Wonderboy is going to be able to win this fight, especially with his IQ and his distance management and his unique striking. But on the off chance that G off Neal lands one or, or manages to wrestle this one out, who knows? For those keeping track at home, I'm on all the underdogs except for one. And I think that the only place that Reese and I differ or the only one that Reese and I are alike is Chaos Williams. Reese, Reese is riding a lot of chalk this week as he, as he spews a lot of before shit about not chirp, riding before chalk. Before I get the chirp, before I get the chirp, you'll see on my bet sheet that Steven Thompson is most likely will be there. Jose Aldo is chalky McChalk chalk. Bob Font is an underdog, you fucking, I'm going to make you total that's, my nuts. That's the one I'm not on. I'm on that Julian Roberts. Julian Robertson's even, and we both were on Pettis. Oh, and then there's I not Pettis like there. as much as you want to like harp on the chalk this week. There's not a whole lot of chalk to be had. This is all inside minus one fifty. I'm just six talking. There's no harp. It's more just of a violin. Till, no one brought just wait out till I clean. Just wait till I clean sheet it and slide it right ahead of you in the main event challenge. Malort, Malort, Malorty. You know what? Malort. I would welcome Malort, that. Malort, That'd be impressive Malort. as hell. <laughs> So, as promised, we're going to get into some early picks. I know Kobe's been champing at the jaws all week to share his parlay of the week. That's currently 2-0. Kobe, do you have how many units you'd be up? I do. Riding? Yeah, what is that? You know, it's 2-0. It's only up 2.6 units, but that's a little bit over one each week. Yeah, 2.6 units is 2.6 units. Great return on investment there. Right. We don't need these – plus 200 million parlays. I, I just want money. And I, I feel like you're the same way. So let's hear it. What, what is your parlay this week? And I will be riding it. Let's hear it. What's, what's your parlay of the week this week? So I hope that most listeners are familiar with the anchor term. Anchoring like a vessel. <laughs> He's a total I'm, wagon. I'm anchored on Pettis, the ankle lock of the week. So props to you guys on anchoring me there. I, I really like it his number there at minus 240 and you know what that's, that's all. you might be able to even get him at a little bit better odds somewhere else but i, I know got Dern him. worked Dern worked last week for you correct Dern worked last week had, i yeah. anchored on your lock last week so pettis is part of it minus 240 pre-show i was on eldo with pettis eldo at minus 150 and that would have put us at a plus 136 number i've actually changed course after hearing danny's argument on eldo Wow. I'm, I'm on the Chaos Williams, Michelle Pereira under one and a half at even money as part of the Pettis parlay. And that pays plus 183. Although if you want to parlay all three together, I'm not necessarily, that, that's not my parlay of the week, but that's yeah, where my I initial. I want to hear your official one. The official one's plus 183. It's Chaos Williams, Michelle Pereira under one and a half at plus 183 if you put aldo in that it's a plus 372 number and i'm not necessarily condoning it but i might sprinkle but both of those are options i although i i am i do see that fight the chaos williams fight going under i don't necessarily think i personally will be betting it i i'm worried about that i do obviously love pettis there but kobe's number one main event challenge currently and he also is 2-0 on parlay of the week so who the hell am i my early plays, I, I only have a – I actually have more than usual, but I have a couple. I obviously have the ankle lock and Anthony Pettis. That's going to be 
upwards of four units. Uh, I'll officially place that play over on Twitter later this week, but that'll definitely be there. Another one is, is actually going to be uh, Rob Font. And, that, and that's only going to be one unit. I, I love Rob Font. I think there's a lot of value on Rob Font there at the dog. A lot of emotion I, in that pick. There is a lot of emotion in that pick. So put a little asterisk there. I, I just think there's a lot of ability for him to get this fight done. And I, and I think that the line reflects that, that that's giving him more value than people would like to see. I think those are the two for now. I just have a lot of more taping to do. Going into Saturday, so follow us again on Ankle Pick Pod on Twitter. We not only live tweet the fights, we also harass almost everybody and have winning picks over there. So that's a place to definitely drop a quick follow. And that's it, I think, for us on this Wednesday night. I believe everyone's got their picks in. Dan, do you have picks for early picks? I've got some early picks I'm looking oh. at. I know I mentioned I know I mentioned Jimmy Flick at minus 150. Jimmy Flick by sub, a little sprinkle at plus 125. Moving past that, I love Ahoyo. He's a, he's definitely going to be on my card. Then we've got Tybura by sub, that sprinkle at plus 700. I see that head and arm choke. I'm envisioning it. Standing, by the way. Moving past oh. that. Last one, we're going to be on Thompson for sure and probably Cheeto Vera, both at underdog prices. And then just whoever the dog is in that chaos Michelle fight. I, I truly think it's a, a puncher's chance for both of them. Whoever on fight day is the dog, get your value in your bet. Let's make some money together. I so am the man. Everybody dropped, the money. everybody dropped that down. I want to make sure that come fight night when we see those tickets, that Danny's ticket reflects as such. But he does he, – he knows what he's talking about. I wouldn't be surprised if that Marcin Tibera fight ends exactly how he just called it. I'm excited to see that one go now. So a couple early, early fights for you guys to lock in. Get ahead of the value now. More often than not, our fights steam in the wrong direction for you guys as betters. So the earlier, the better. That's it for the Ankle Pick Pod, episode 24. This could be the last time we talk to our listeners in 2020. I uh, know. No, we're, we're going to have our award show, I hope. We'll I have our award show. No promises it's up before 2020 is over, but uh, it'll be there. It'll be there before it'll the be next there. event. So we have episode 24 here. We're going to have episode 25 as the award show capping off the year of 2020. We truly do appreciate all you listeners at home. We've continuously grown support and followers on the Twitter, and it truly can, helps us continue to tape all week long and get into the office and so on and so forth and we're looking forward to seeing you guys and hopefully a better 2021 with some good fight cards and i think i know connor's in early january so that's a big part for us here so that's all we have here on this episode of 24 and looking forward to talking to you guys in the new year anything else to add boys i am the man in the yellow hat not the monkey <laughs> cue the music cue the music baby Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.